lessening off. We're growing. I believe it's still going to grow. Others are going to come and enjoy the good word of God. You may be seated. I agree with Brother Reeves that we should not put so definite uh, dates and individuals in our prophecy preaching. I agree with that. Some are setting 1982 as the year the Lord will come. And they're doing it because of the Jupiter effect. And uh, I, I believe all that's in God's hand. One thing the Lord's reserved to his own self, and that's when it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. But we are looking forward. I believe inborn and inbred in the heart of every child of God is a sense of the soon coming of the Lord. I believe the reason the apostles felt like that it could be in their day included themselves in it is because it is, it is a thing that will keep you right with God. Every now and then for that Holy Ghost to impress you that I am coming soon. Does not give you the definite time, but it keeps you praying. And you're like men who wait for the Lord when he comes from the wedding. I just had to put that in. When he comes from the wedding, Brother Reeves. All right. But uh, the definite time is not given. We have to be careful about that. Some are going to have to throw it in reverse and say, I didn't mean it exactly that way. And I'd rather them change than not change when it happens. It's all right. But uh, we are going to have our speaker now. Uh, and Brother uh, Odom is from, I can't pronounce the name of the town. It's worse than Greek. Ovet. Ovet, all right. In Mississippi. And we know that he, I knew, I knew how to pronounce that. Uh, but uh, we appreciate his ability and uh, recommendation and prophecy that uh, comes with him. And we want you to listen. He's going to talk about America's place in prophecy. But we give him the license as everyone else to launch into the rapture and the millennial and uh, everything else that goes with it. It looks like, it looks like that's where it's going. Somebody told me about what I'm going to do on the last day. I said, I'm going to pick up the pieces because they're hitting all over the tree. I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right. Lord bless you, Brother Odom. Come here. I'm happy to be here this afternoon or this morning and uh, hear Brother Reeves in particular. I didn't understand all I heard, but I, 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 I'm with him. Amen. I'm with him all the way. And after he has said so much about prophecy in the book of Revelation, I can only think of a scripture or two that I would like to begin my thoughts with this afternoon. And that is the Bible said in the book of Titus said, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. I am looking for the Lord to come back. I don't know when, where, or how, but when he gets here, I want to be looking for him. The Bible said, and knowing the time, it's high time to awake out of sleep, for salvation is nearer than when you believed. And I was thinking about a scripture where it said, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. And when Abraham first heard from God 
the Lord spake to him and said, Thy seed's going to journey into a strange land, and they're going to be there for 400 years. And when the fullness of that time was come, God sent Moses to lead them out. And there's another scripture that's in my mind today from the second chapter of the book of Acts, where the Bible said, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, when it was fully come, whether the Lord comes now in the middle of the tribulation or when, I know when the time is fully come, the Lord is coming back after a church that has made herself ready. Thank God today for the church. I appreciate the privilege and opportunity of being here. I feel just a little out of place. This is my first time to ever come here. I've looked at everything and listened to everybody. And uh, I sit out there yesterday where you sit, and I, I got to watching this hot seat over here. <laughs> uh, uh, that thing looks to me like one of them things you put a casket on when you're going to have a funeral, and, you, and you're going in church. That's right. That's right. And I'm not like Paul. I'm not ready to die right now. <laughs> I've prayed ever since I was called to preach here today. Like the Lord prayed, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. <laughs> and then I read a scripture yesterday where it said, Mine hours come, so <laughs> I'm here. Oh, God, help me today. <laughs> Praise God. There was one man one time, they said he could always read numbers, but he never knew where he was going to because he couldn't read letters. He knew how far, but he didn't know where to. <laughs> I know how far it is to 1130. <laughs> but God's going to have to tell me where to, I promise you. I'm glad to be here. I love the Lord. I believe what I've heard. And I believe this is the church. I'm not looking for something else. No additions, no subtractions. I thank God for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name. Receiving the Holy Ghost and talking with tongues. I know that I'm among people today that believe God. And I'm happy to be a part of the church of the living God. I ask you to pray with me for the next little while that I might uh, not embarrass myself and you today. Uh, I know there's one man here that's got his gun loaded. It was yesterday. <laughs> and I admire him standing up by himself and saying, I believe thus and thus. That's one thing about our church and our people. We can believe it to the dictation of our own conscience and heart as far as these things are concerned. But he did say yesterday that he believed that the Lord was coming back in the middle of the tribulation period. And I'm glad for people that will stand up for what they believe. Praise God. And uh, I don't know for sure today just which way to go. I usually preach with pictures. I have about five sermons from the book of Revelation with 48 to 62 pictures in each one of them. I had the privilege to bring them if I so desired, but I didn't know that someone else would bring theirs. And I wished I had the pictures because when you have pictures, you can turn the lights out and you can't tell whether they like it or not. That's right. 
You sit there and look at me like I look funny, but you ought to get up here and look back there one, one time. <laughs> Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise, everybody. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's some most familiar scriptures in the Bible that seem that we have use them in simple forms but yet they speak the loudest today and uh, I was thinking of some of them as Paul preached his message from the third chapter of the book of Timothy there's 17 things that are identified there that would come to pass in the last days and these things are so common among us until we have overlooked them but I would like to quote from there to begin my thoughts this afternoon where the Bible said this known also in the last days perilous times would come. Men would be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and truce breakers, false accusers, despisers of those that are good, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. All these things have come to pass in our generation, and they're growing worse every day. The first prophecy in the Bible comes to us from the third chapter of the book of Genesis, and the Lord spake these words even before Adam and Eve was cast out of the Garden of Eden. He promised that he would make some kind of redemption for them, and uh, there was one scripture I wanted to add with my thinking to start with. The Bible said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit wherein you're sealed until the day of redemption. And looking at this prophecy here today, the Bible said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. If it, the woman's seed, shall bruise thy head, and thou, the serpent's seed, shall bruise his heel. Enmity between Satan and the woman, which was Israel. And that has happened all the way through the Old Testament. But there's two things that usually most folks overlook that said in that particular scripture. He said, I will put enmity between thy seed and between her seed, between Satan's seed and the woman's seed, and said, he shall bruise thy heel and thou shall bruise his head. I'm glad at the cross when Christ gave his life for us that Satan bruised his heel. But I'm also glad that in process of time our God is going to bruise his head. He's going to destroy him. But the scriptures teach us a lot of things and I'm not going to be able to put my finger on a verse in the Bible and tell you that this is America. I can tell you a lot about things that are happening in America and how America is involved in prophecy. But I do not have a scripture in the Bible. As I stand here today, I confess to you that I cannot tell you exactly where America fits into the prophecy of God's word. But I would like to say this, there are a lot of questions in our mind as to when the rapture is going to take place, who's going to go in the rapture, how long the tribulation period is going to last, when does it start, and what time does the church leave. 
Some of these things I think can be identified with the scripture. At least to my own satisfaction, I can deny my portion of it. And I think about the scriptures that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 24, verses 38 and 39. And there the Lord compared the coming of his second coming to that of the days of Noah. And the Bible said, as it were, in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. The scripture said they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And I can see this in comparison today. I can see Enoch as one that was taken before the flood. I can see Noah as he goes through the flood and then those that perished in the judgments of God. And I believe that we could use this today and talk about the church going before the tribulation period and the family, the remnant of Israel going through the tribulation period and then there will be those that will perish from the judgments of God. I can also take my Bible today and look at it and as I look at the most troubled spot on earth's 197 million miles of surface I can see some places in, in the Bible and in the word of God that are so common to us today. What I'm trying to say is Israel has about 36 million people and uh, it comes from the word Persia in Bible. Iraq, 14 million people comes from the word Babel in the Bible. Most everybody identifies the millions from the north as Russia, as Gog or Magog. We could also talk about uh, Afghanistan, how it is already in the Soviet's orbit. We can talk about Pakistan as it grows more nervous every day. As a matter of fact, India and Asia and all of this particular part of South Asia that reaches from the Persian Gulf all the way over to the South China Sea is the most hot, hottest spot in the world today. And some of them you can look at and you can identify them. But America, I do not know where America fits in the prophecy of God. But I do know this, that in America there is a united Pentecostal church that's waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ after a body of people that have made themselves ready. And that's why I like to affiliate myself with the United Pentecostal Church because I know in whom I believe. And I believe I've got that that's going to take to raise the dead and change us so we can forever be with the Lord. I took some statistics about uh, Russia in the Bible in comparison to the United States and noticed the change in the last 15 years. As I looked at them, and uh, most of these figures are compiled from the Department of Defense, and I noticed the uh, change of how 15 years ago, how America was the leading nation in almost any weapon that you wanted to name. But now in the year of 1981, Russia has turned it around. I don't know what's going to happen, but my scriptures today, I don't have the time to stop and read, but I, I would like to say that I'm going to use uh, from Daniel 9, 24 through 27, Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 14, and the 22nd verse of the book of Matthew chapter 24, and compare them to the 6th chapter of the book of Revelation, the weather horses are coming and the seals are going to be loose. But as I look at this today, and I see how there has been such a change, it makes my mind look at verse 22 of the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, 
and the Bible said there God speaking uh, except he shortened the days uh, there wouldn't be any flesh saved I don't think he was talking about souls uh, when he said flesh and I believe unless the Lord God does something and does it hurriedly I'm persuaded to believe uh, with all the weapons that the world has today uh, there's going to be a destruction of mankind but I'm going to say this right now I thank God regardless of whatever happens uh, we are as a church uh, ready to go be with the Lord uh, in the place he has prepared for us can you say amen Fifteen years ago, strategic bombers, Russia had uh, something under 200, and America had good many over a thousand. Today it's been reversed. Russia has nearly 7,000, and America has less than 4,000. The scriptures teach us now in comparing these things uh, that we are to look and to try and discern the time of the coming of the Lord. But let me go back to this just for a moment here. They teach us that they have these things that are ready and I believe the warheads that are on those missiles uh, that are ready to fire today uh, it's just going to have to hold itself up because there's a little bit more that's to be done for God. But let me say this uh, on New Year's Day. It's been a lot said about this and I wished I could have been the first preacher. I don't want to sound like a record that's coming back with something uh, that you've already heard. Uh, but on January the 1st uh, of this year, the common market expanded itself uh, to its 10th member. I do not really know exactly where this fits in the Bible. It can be applied in several places. But I believe with all of my heart uh, that this thing is bringing to pass uh, the 10 told image uh, that we read about uh, in the book of Daniel. And of course, I think it's to be compared uh, with the image that uh Paul spoke about in his writing and also John in the book of Revelation. I also would like to say this too before I can get to my thoughts today that on November the 19th in 1981 Mr. Sadat of Israel, of Egypt rather he is going to have an anniversary and lay the foundation stone of a church that he is building and a synagogue that he is building and he calls this the world peace center. It seems to me like everything that's done and everything that's said worldwide is pointing to some of the scriptures. For instance the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 3 in the day that they cry peace and safety, sudden destruction shall come upon the land. But let it be as it may. The thing that matters more than anything else is to be ready if the Lord should come today. I look to my Bible and I see the book of Daniel. I, I believe it was written in the year somewhere around 606 B.C. And in that book, it's 27 chapters, uh, 12 chapters rather, and 357 words uh, and about 16 questions. Uh, and I break that book down to you today uh, because I think it is the revelation uh, of the Old Testament uh, as we have the revelation that John give us of the New Testament. Uh, in chapter number 1, 
we see Daniel and his companions in the courts of Babylon. In chapter number two, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and his image. However, he could not remember what he dreamed and he was seeking for someone to help him find it. In chapter three of Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego was cast into the fiery furnace. In chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar tells of his dream. In chapter five, Belshazzar, he has his great feast. In chapter six is where Daniel was put into the lion's den. In chapter seven, uh, Daniel had his vision uh, of this four-headed beast. Uh, in chapter eight, uh, Daniel's vision of the he-goat and the ram. In chapter nine, uh, Daniel prays and Gabriel informs him of the 70 weeks. In chapter 10, uh, Persia withstood Daniel uh, for 21 days. In chapter 11, uh, you'll find chapter 2, uh, chapter 7, 8, and 11 uh, about the same thing. Then in chapter 12 is where Michael stands up uh, to defend Israel. No one can expect to understand the prophecy that's given to us in this book uh, without reading uh, and trying to understand uh, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24 through 27. God promised there to execute uh, a six-fold program in behalf of his people, uh, Israel. And number one was this, to finish the transgression. Uh, number two, to make an end to sin. And number three, to make reconciliation for iniquity. And number four, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Uh, and number five, to seal up the vision of the prophecy. And number six, to anoint the most holy. The scripture tells us uh, in Daniel 9, 24, using this phrase, uh, he said, upon thy people, which met the Jews, uh, and upon thy holy city, which met Jerusalem. Now this is described uh, in detail in Revelation chapter 6, uh, all the way down to chapter 19. And he talks about the people of God, which are the Jews, uh, and also the holy city, which is Jerusalem. This church will end with the rapture in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. The dark and corrupt conditions of the earth today are concurrent with the fact that the hindering Holy Spirit will have to be removed. The salt of the earth will have to be removed. Also the light of the earth and the ambassadors of God will have to be called home. Also in this particular place in the Bible we read of this great image that Nebuchadnezzar saw he did not really remember and I like the thought that's in there where he could not understand but the man that had the spirit of the living God in him was able to reveal unto the king of his dream and I'm persuaded to believe the same thing is working today there are a lot of folks that cannot understand but I thank God through the Holy Ghost and the spirit of God that he is able to reveal these things unto us the things that I feel and the things I understand in my heart sometimes are hard to put in words but I have the feeling that Jesus Christ is making preparations even to come right now but when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream the Bible said that he dreamed of an image this image had a head of gold and it had a chest of silver and it also had a thigh of brass its legs were of iron and its feet and its toes were of iron and clay now that 
that's the way Nebuchadnezzar saw it. But when God showed it to Daniel, uh, he showed it to him as a lion with eagle wings. Uh, he showed it as a bear that stood upon its feet. Uh, he showed it as a four-headed leper with four foul wings on its back. Uh, and then he showed him uh, that terrible beast. Uh, I can see in my Bible uh, that this lion, which is Babylon, uh, which is the head of gold, uh, it lasted for 50 years. I can also see this bear, which is the Medes, uh, which is the chest of silver. It lasted for 200 years. Uh, I can also see the leopard, uh, which is Greece, uh, which is the brass, uh, and it lasted 178 years. Uh, but out of all of this, uh, no gold went from the head to the chest, uh, and no silver went from the chest to the thigh, and no uh, brass went down uh, into uh, the legs. Uh, but the iron legs uh, penetrated on down into the feet uh, to where we're living today. And when I look at iron and clay, uh, I see something that has no heat. Uh, it will not stick together. And in this hour that we're living today, uh, everybody's pooling everything they got. This denomination and that denomination, uh, I thank God that the United Pentecostal Church uh, is still separate uh, and distinct uh, from every other denomination uh, that's under the sun. Uh, we may seem to be a little odd, uh, but I thank God we're what we are, and I believe with all of my heart that you are not ashamed uh, that we are not affiliated uh, with anything else uh, except what the Bible says. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I could turn it loose and preach like I was down in Mississippi. I, I really do. Uh, I don't like being tired here and talking about something I don't know a lot about, uh, but I thank God today that hope makes me not ashamed uh, because the love of God uh, is shed abroad uh, in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm glad today uh, to be a Jesus name apostolic tongue talking uh, one God preacher that don't mind standing here telling you uh, that we will never unite with them. Uh, you can't find us uh, in the iron uh, and in the clay uh, but you'll find us uh, when the trip of God sounds uh, as we leave this world to forever be with the Lord. Say praise the Lord everybody. In the book of Revelation it's a strange book but never yet, nevertheless it's filled with things that will bless your heart. A lot of our folks won't even read the book of Revelation but in the first three verses God teaches us when he said this is the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must soon or shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw and this is the verse I want you to get right now. He said, blessed is he that readeth. He didn't say blessed is he that understandeth, but he said blessed is he that readeth uh, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. Uh, don't be afraid to read the book of Revelation. Uh, the book of Revelation uh, is not given to mystify the saints of God, uh, but it's given to sanctify and to satisfy the church of the living God. Uh, with a spiritual eye, we can see the mysteries of God unfold right in our very face. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So when you read the book of Revelation chapter 1, it introduces the book. 
And I, I, I don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm trying my best to hurry as fast as I can. I dreaded coming here, and now, now I don't want to get through. I, I feel the Holy Ghost, and, and you look all right to me. I, I didn't forget the things that are behind me. Praise God, and I want to see the glory of the Lord move in this auditorium this afternoon. When you read the first chapter of the book of Revelation, it introduces the book. And his brother Reeves was talking about his vision. When uh, John had this vision, he only got eight verses, and he saw the same thing that you saw in your vision. He saw him as Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. But in verse number 11, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and that didn't mean Sunday. I don't think we ought to ever come to a gathering unless we can be in the Spirit of God, or at least I preach this in our church. God forbid that any Pentecostal go to the house of God and leave that place unaffected by the power of God. I didn't come here to see somebody. I didn't come here to be seen. But I've come to be affected by the Spirit of God. And God forbid we close our doors to a spiritual service to where the glory of God can come down as the Shekinah glory did in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I sort of like this uh, conference. This is the first time, well, I might not ought to say this, but I've been a lobbyist most of my life. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I, I, I've always got out there and brushed shoulders, shook hands. How you doing? But I'm glad. I sat in this place yesterday for five hours and 15 minutes. I wouldn't take off. I wouldn't exchange it for all the money that's in the world. I learned more yesterday. I got settled a little bit more. My stability is stronger today. I want to tell you something, folks. It's good to be in the house where the Holy Ghost is and you can feel a God that men are preaching about. I know better than to do this, but uh, Brother Urshan said I could take a little extra time since we're in this and they run over about 15 minutes. But in the second, third chapter of the book of Revelation, it mentions the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. In the fourth chapter, as far as I'm concerned, the rapture is going to take place. In the fifth chapter, the law of redemption, which was all the way back in the book of Ruth. I don't have the time to go into that, but I like that. But in the sixth chapter, the loosening of the seals. And of course, in the seventh chapter, they loose the last of the seven seals. And somebody said, well, the reason that space of silence was there. It was before the United Pentecostal Church got there. But brother, I'm telling you, we were there because the Bible said when they took that book this brother was talking about uh, and uh, they began to sing a new song. Uh, you know what they sang? Uh, they sang, Blessed be God uh, because he has visited uh, and redeemed us with his precious blood. Who was that preacher? That was the church of the living God. And I'm saying the Bible tells us uh, in Acts 20 and 28 uh, that he purchased the church uh, with his own blood. And I'm going to be singing a song up in heaven while folks are worried about the Antichrist and all these other things that are to come. But let me hurry now because I got to get to the hot seat there for a while. I dread that. Yeah, I dread that. I, I, I'm telling you the truth. I wish your Lord come right now. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is Brother Tenney in this house today? Where's Brother Tenney? Brother Tenney said, Brother Odom, I told him yesterday, I said, boy, I, I enjoyed that sermon. That was a good sermon he preached. And I really bragged on him. And he said, when you get in the hot seat, 
He said, I'm going to be praying for you. <laughs> but everybody's been picking at me in this thing. A fella called me. I stopped and spent the night coming up here. And uh, a fella called where I was. I didn't even know anybody knew where I was. And they knew I was worried about this, uh, this anyway. And, uh, and uh, this fella got on that phone in a, in a dignified way. And he said, Reverend Odom. And I said, yes, sir. He said, this is Brother McFarlane. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, we have decided since we have so many cancellations that we want you to preach three extra times in the conference. I like to die. I'm telling you the truth. I like to die. And he knew I couldn't get my breath, so he said, wait a minute, brother. I'm just picking at you. <laughs> But I want to tell you one thing. I thank God I'm here today. I don't have the time to get into what I want to. But if it takes them 30 more years to ask me as they have waited this long, 30 years this time, I'll be 80 years old. But God help me to be willing to preach and to talk about what I believe in the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the 8th and ninth chapter of the book of Revelation, they blow those trumpets. In the 10th chapter, he says, take the book and put it in your mouth. It's going to be bitter. In your mouth, it's going to be sweet, but in your stomach, it's going to be bitter. Then he said, take the reed in the 11th chapter and measure the city. I preached on this the other night, not in the terms probably that you would think, but he said, I want you to measure the inner court. And he said, I want you to measure the altar. And I want you to measure them that worship therein. And I think God is concerned about our altar services. And I think God is concerned about our worship in the house of God. We boast about having the truth, but the Bible teaches me uh, that God seeketh them uh, to worship him not only in truth, uh, but also in spirit. When our leaders was trying to get us to yield a God here last night, and it's no telling what God would have done uh, if we could have just surrendered to the Holy Ghost. Uh, brother, we need something to happen. Uh, I'm not just here for knowledge. Uh, I want a renewing of the Holy Ghost in my heart and in my life in this conference. In chapter 12, he talks about the woman Israel. Chapter 13, there's the mark. Chapter 14 is uh, the song that they sing. And chapter 15 introduces the 16th chapter of the book of Revelation uh, to where the vows are coming. Chapter 17, uh, the mother of harlots is destroyed. Chapter 18, Babylon goes down in one hour. Chapter 19, we're all coming back with Jesus Christ uh, on white horses. Uh, then the last three of that book and the first two of the entire Bible, if it hadn't been no sin, there would have been no need but for five chapters. That's the first two and the last three. But because of sin, it's taken about 6,000 years for the Lord to get this thing like he wanted. But brother, let me tell you one thing. It's just about there now, and the Lord is about ready to come after his church. I see in my Bible, as I look, Christ coming in the Old Testament, and he dies in the Gospels, and he says, in the book of Acts and there he is being reigning in the book of Revelation. And I can see this as I look at it uh, in the word of the Lord uh, that that day is not very far and my God is going to come. Uh, and when the Lord does come, uh, let the Antichrist be what he will uh, and where he will. Uh, but let this preacher be ready. Let this preacher
you'll be wise enough that I'll hold on to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ until that day comes when my change is made. Amen. All right, the second, uh, this book of Revelation, I find a person bears in the form of an antichrist. And I look, I look at that, I can see the second manifestation of hell's trinity. I believe the antichrist will be the devil in human body. And I also believe that he will re be revealed just after the church is caught away. The reason I believe that in Daniel 21 and 23, he, the Antichrist, will enter into a league of federations with the Jews and break it in the middle of the week. I also quote to you today from Daniel 11 and 21, he, the Antichrist, shall come in peaceably and he will take this throne or this kingdom by flattery. In Daniel 11 and 36, he, the Antichrist, will want to be worshipped as God, but he will reject the true God. In my Bible I can see Satan as he offers a substitute for everything. He has got a Cain for every Abel. He has also got an Ishmael for every Isaac. He has got a Den for every Daniel. He has got a fiery furnace for every Abednego. He has got a Herod for every John the Baptist. And in this hour that we live in today, he has an Antichrist for every Jesus Christ. But be it as it may, the church of the living God shall shall survive. Be it as it may, we will not take the mark because when this church leaves, I believe that's when the revealing of the Antichrist will take place. Huh? Now, don't sit down on me now. There's a scripture in the Bible that uh, says, Great peace have they that love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. The scripture said, if you see your brother in need. <laughs> oh, God. Right now, I don't know whether I'm doing the wash or hanging out to dry, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> but I can see some things in this today that if I had my charts and my pictures, I could really enjoy this, but this is brand new to me. And I'm just trying to hit it on a few points here so I can see how much I'll fry when I get in this hot seat over here. But uh, I am persuaded to believe that the most concerned thing in the minds of folks today is that in the book of Matthew chapter 24. And there was three questions asked Jesus in those first few verses. And number one, when he got down to the nitty gritty, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. I believe with all of my heart the sermon that Jesus was preaching was to let us know that the spirit of the thing that was going to happen in Revelation chapter 6 when that white horse rider is set free uh, that spirit was going to prevail in the world uh, trying to deceive men. The worst thing that I can see going right now is the sermon that Jesus preached in Matthew 24 uh, where he said take heed uh, lest any man deceive you because deception is everywhere and I want to tell you this uh, it's not left the ranks of the United Pentecostal Church out uh, there's a lot of deception that's hanging around. And the most deceived man in the world is that man that's deceived in his own heart. I'm glad I know that there is one Lord and one faith and one baptism, one God, Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. Aren't you glad for that today? But man longs to, lie, to know what lies ahead. 
It's something in the human body, in the mind of man, that makes us want to see what the future holds. Man has turned to insane delusions. He has turned to magicians and soothsayers, crystal gazers, and uh, fortune tellers and etc in order to find what the future holds but all he has to do is turn to the book of revelation and in that book through the spirit of God honest and sincere prayer and study God is able to reveal these things unto us a lot of folks think that America is going to produce the antichrist but America will not produce the antichrist the antichrist must be a Jew he is to rise up in Palestine not Italy in Jerusalem and not Rome. This Antichrist is to be subject uh, to the league with civil powers and this Antichrist is also uh, the apocalypse uh, that is going to come and when he comes of that hour and that day it will reveal uh, the catching away of the church of the living God. I tell you the truth today, uh, this is the greatest privilege uh, that we've ever had uh, is to sit in a Pentecostal service uh, where we don't have to worry about anything thing except the coming of Jesus Christ. Can you say praise the Lord? In the book of Revelation chapter 13 it says the beast shall rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and on his horns ten crowns and when you see his head and his horns and upon these heads the Bible said there will be a name written and this will be the name of blasphemy. It also says that this beast which I saw was like a leopard. The Antichrist will be handsome, but he will be horribly cruel. I, I heard something said in the service here just a few services back to where they were talking about miracles. And I'm glad today that we don't have the miracle sign hanging out. I'm glad that we're not seeking signs. I'm glad that we're not looking for exploits and things of that nature. We have them in our church, but friend, let me tell you that the world today has gone after healing and miracles and signs when they should have gone after the Holy Ghost and water baptism in Jesus' name and speaking with other tongues and holiness just like the Bible teaches. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of antichrist in the Old Testament. I might mention a couple of three of them. Nimrod the rebel, Pharaoh the persecutor of Israel, Haman the hater of the Jews. Some folks believe that Judas Iscariot was the first manifestation of the antichrist. I know that that is referred to twice in your Bible to where he is called the son of perdition. I also know that Jesus Christ was the first incarnation of righteousness and the Antichrist was, is the incarnation of iniquity. I also understand today since we're talking of these miracles and the mysteries that's in the Bible that there's a few mysteries in the Bible and we cannot go around or leave that out. But let me say this, all mysteries in the Bible. If you'll just listen to the word of God, I believe the spirit to the word can teach you everything that you need to know about the mysteries in the Bible. Let me mention just a few of them here in my closing minutes this morning. I don't have but about five minutes on this watch, but uh, I've done my best to hurry and hit here and there. As Brother Tree said, I had the privilege. I believe he gave me the privilege
privilege of just shooting all over the tree and that's what I've done but nevertheless the mysteries of God there's ten in the Bible but let me use about seven of them just for a moment here because America within itself is a mystery in my Bible and yours in 1st Timothy 3 and verse 9 talks about the mystery of faith holding the mystery of faith and with a pure conscience in your Bible and mine in Romans 11 and 25 it talks about the mystery of Israel's blindness and he said for I would not brethren have have you ignorant uh, lest you should be wise in your own conceit because blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in then the mystery of the rapture you know the word rapture is not even mentioned in your Bible but nevertheless in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 first verse 51 he said behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed uh, then there's the mystery of the kingdom uh, in Matthew 13 and 11 uh, he said uh, as he answered them said this unto them because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom uh, but to them it is not given then the mystery of godliness uh, in the third chapter of Timothy and verse 16 uh, and so on it goes uh, but the thing that's so uh, in my heart today is that God has revealed unto us in these last times uh, the beautiful and the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost uh, that men can have to be rapture ready whether it takes place now or whether it takes place three and a half years uh, or another hundred years uh, it don't make a lot of difference uh, if you just get your mind right with God uh, and get your heart set on being saved uh, I promise you uh, it's going to be a glorious day in your life in the Bible I might as well tell you why I believe the church will leave in the fourth chapter in your Bible the word church is mentioned 117 times 20 of those times is mentioned in the book of Revelation in chapters 1, 2, and 3 19 times the church is mentioned but the church is not mentioned again until you get way over in the book of Revelation in chapter 22 and verse 16 and I am confident if the church was here John would have said something about it in those chapters in between but it's church that I'm talking about is the church that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 16 and 18 where he said upon this rock I will build my church. The church that I'm talking about is mentioned in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 as the church of God. Then it's mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2 also as the churches of Christ. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 16 it's mentioned again there and you just go on and on but the thing that's so important is to be ready when the Lord comes back after this church that has made herself ready. I'll say this in my last few words here today just before the execution <laughs> I would have liked to have had a lot of time and some of the things that I normally preach I didn't know there was such a subject that somebody could give a man 
When Brother Urshan asked me, I said, well, it don't make a lot of difference. I just thought there was about three, four that we needed to preach. And then the night he come and said, preach on where America is in prophecy. Well, I've learned to say yes, sir, to them that have the rule over me. And uh, not talk back, because I've thought a lot since then. But, but I'm glad today to be an American. And I'm glad for the church that's here. And I appreciate brethren that I have and folks that I can associate with that can touch God under all circumstances. And I appreciate the opportunity of standing here today. I have never, see, I, I'm, not an, I'm not an anybody. I've never been nothing but a presbyter for, well, I've been a presbyter for about 10 years. Because if you don't believe that'll suck the sap out of you, you've you just never been one. <laughs> That's right. But I feel real small standing up here, but I, I feel so honored to be numbered or just sitting on this platform with these men. And I thank you today, and God bless you to be merciful on me for the next 30 minutes. I think we should honor brother, shouldn't we? Giving us his heart and uh, expressing himself, preaching to us. Great word of God. I uh, have not had all of my preaching and teaching prophecy. I've not had too many people who were unkind. Uh, those few that were, uh, you turn just immediately to their spirit and uh, the subject that you're talking about fades away. But uh, we want you to keep your questions within the realm of the uh, scope of what he talked about and, uh, and then ask you to be merciful. You know what I mean? That is a good request. Uh, you think of yourself how you'd like to be if uh, this was you here. All right? <clears throat> a lot of us got a lot to say in private public makes a whole lot of difference. <laughs> but we enjoyed it, brother. Lord bless your heart. Praise the Lord. Thank God. We do believe we're living in the last days and all of the Bible flows to that point, teaching us in preparation. All right, brother. Praise the Lord, everyone. I thought Brother Henson gave some good words of instruction last night about the questions. He said, have your questions ready and then just state the question. And before someone comes to the microphone, I would like to ask who that dignified fellow was that asked that question that you referred to. Yeah. I, uh, I asked him, to. He said, uh, he said, I'll pray for you. And I asked him to come up here and stand behind me, you know, and, and just pray for me up here. And uh, he wouldn't do it. And I, I didn't see him praying while I was preaching either. <laughs> It, it wasn't me. It, it was a fella sitting right over here. I thought at first it was Albert Reed from Philadelphia, Mississippi. But uh, and then again, I thought it. I thought that might be Brother McFarlane. And 
It turned out to be Reverend Wayne Ellard from Greenville, Mississippi. Oh, my. <laughs> I wonder if he has the second question. <laughs> All right. We're ready for the questions. Please come to the microphone. State your questions clearly and in a brief manner. Give our brother time to answer. Don't forget to state your name. All right. Ed McFarland. Uh, does America play? Is, is America mentioned in the scripture? Do you see any place there that uh, you say that, or you feel that that is what uh, is making mention to America in the scripture? Or is it just a, a mystery all the way through? Well, there's some symbols uh, quite often. You could probably take the, uh, the eagle wings uh, in the 12th chapter of the woman in the book of Revelation. And uh, also you could probably take the wings of uh, Daniel's uh, lion that were clipped. For a time I thought about maybe it could be some of the uh, things that are happening today because of the relationships that's been severed so much between uh, England and the United States. When this lion raised up with eagle wings on its back, the Bible said, and its wings were plucked. It's a lot of things through supposition or speculation, I believe that is the word they wanted to use, that uh, you could uh, refer to America. Some even mentioned that it could be possible that it could be uh, some of the 18th chapter of the book of, of Revelation when Babylon went down in an hour. But as far as putting my finger on any verse in the Bible, uh, I have not been able to do that. All right, another question? All right. Jeff Mays. You mentioned, brother, that... Uh, that the Antichrist would not be revealed till after the church was taken. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, could you explain to me Second Thessalonians, the second chapter? The first verse says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the third verse says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Is that referring to something else? Which verse you read? The first verse and the third verse. Of, of which chapter? Second chapter, Second Thessalonians. All right, in that chapter, usually uh, a lot of people try to put sex in there because it said that uh, it cannot re be revealed until he be taken out of the way. And that he, you can't, you can't use sex with Holy Ghost or with God. Uh, until he be taken out of the way. And that's talking about the church. The man of sin cannot be revealed until he, the church. Uh, you might say, well, how, how can you refer to the church like that? Well, the Bible said to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I overcame. And it teaches that we're made overcomers by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb. And he purchased the church with his blood. So that man of sin cannot be revealed until he... Uh, be taken out of the way until the church leaves. All right. Next 
next question. State your name, please. Uh, I'm Brother Tony McCall from Blyville, Arkansas. And Brother, uh, you partially answered this question on the first one, but I, I, I'd like to uh, have you go into it a little more, or state your position a little more. Um, and it's purely a uh, uh, curiosity question, but I've heard a, a tape or two, and I've heard a, a sermon or two on people that express that they feel that uh, the Babylon is American prophecy. And uh, in reading different descriptions uh, of Babylon in Revelations, and I believe in uh, uh, Isaiah or Ezekiel, that uh, it does give an impression that it possibly could be describing some of the things that uh, are re related to America today. But do you feel that uh, Babylon in, in any way is uh, connected with American prophecy? Do you feel like that's a possibility? Uh, I know it'd be pure speculation, but uh, do you do you can you see that, or uh, do you think that maybe somebody's off base there or something? Well, uh, it would be pure speculation. Uh, I don't uh, I don't think anything could be connected with Babylon, except except Babylon itself. Uh, I said just a moment ago that some folks think that uh, the 18th chapter word refers to Babylon. However, I would think that that would uh, carry us back to the land of Shinar, to where there's so much trouble today from in Southeast Asia. No, I, I don't think that you could really say that the Bible, when it says Babylon, is referring to America. My moderator might. All right. All right. I think the next question from over here. I have two uh, scriptures. I'd like to uh, maybe just refer and ask a question uh, to the one the young man just went to a while ago. In Second Thessalonians, uh, the second chapter. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together unto him, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. And then he said, third verse, let no man deceive you by any means for that man, for that day shall not come except there come a fallen away first. And the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. That day of the coming of the Lord um, and the rapture gathering together unto him shall not come except um, in this case where it says um, except they come a fallen away first and the son of man be revealed the son of perdition I'd like to also give a thought on that or ask a question on that let no man deceive you and then drop into the seventh verse where it brings out only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Um, that uh, day that he's speaking of there in the third verse, for that day shall not come. What day is that? Well, if you notice how it's punctuated there, uh, you can't stop there and just bring out your throat. It's like in Peter where they bring out about uh, some try to bring in purgatory or Jesus while he was in the earth he went and preached to souls in prison 
If you notice the punctuation of it, it's not trying to refer to that at all. It's only saying that when Jesus, when uh, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was the spirit that quickened Noah's life when he preached to soldier in prison. Uh, you need to read the whole story here, in my opinion, uh, and go on down to the verse that you mentioned there, and that really identifies the fact. It said, for the mystery of iniquity, and I think here iniquity is meaning rebellion against divine leadership. And it's said for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he. And that was what I referred to just a few minutes ago. Until he, until the church be taken away. And if you notice the next verse, it said, And then shall the wicked be revealed. Not in verse 3, but in verse 8. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Uh, it, it seems to me... Uh, why don't you just tell me what you, the question you had again? I'm not really getting... Uh, it, well, I was just really... Are you trying to say that you want me to answer you who that was in verse 3? Um... No, I was asking the question of that day. What day, uh, what day was that? Uh, the same day they're just talking about in verse 8. Maybe my moderator could help you. All right, I believe he has answered that. It's the right. same day in verse 8. Just okay. carry it through. Let me uh, get the scriptures in Matthew 24. Uh, I've heard quite a few say about uh, that... Um, things like the tribulation there's a difference in the one tribulation and the great tribulation and the great tribulation would be that the saints wouldn't go through that um, in Matthew 24 the last, the last part of verse 3 says tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming thy coming and of the end of the world and then in Matthew 24 and verse 21, And then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since from the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Now great tribulation that has never been like it before, neither shall it be like it after that. And it says, And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So the elect is there during this tribulation. But now notice now, verse 30, or let's see, um, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, immediately after the tribulation of those days, uh, shall the shall the sun be dark and the moon shall not give her light and the uh, stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall appear and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven and then shall all the uh, tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he shall send his angels with a great uh, sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other is that great tribulation in verse 21 the same as the tribulation in 29 
Well, I think where the misunderstanding is, uh, the next coming of Jesus Christ will be the revelation of Jesus Christ to the church. And, uh, and then the tribulation that he's speaking about here for the elect's sake is the seven years of Jacob's trouble, or the 70th week of Daniel's vision. And uh, I'll be honest, you read so many scriptures, I couldn't really follow you on, on all of it. But uh, maybe you pray. I think you're saying then that the elect is not the church, it's Israel. It's, that's right. right. The, the elect here is not the church, it's, uh, it's the remnant of Israel. In my opinion. Okay. All right. I think we're ready with a question over here. Ron Colley. Robert Ron Colley. Um, I had another question, but just as he said about the elect is not being the church. First Peter, the first, first chapter, uh, verse, and second verse. Well, the first chapter. It said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, in Asia and Bithia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father through sanctification. It's through sanctification, the Bible brings out here, of the elect, of the Spirit, unto obedience, is how you become the, uh, one of the elect, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can also go to other scriptures, Colossians 3, 11, and 12 and prove again about the elect is not only Jews but it was bringing about that uh, it's through the shedding of the blood that once we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ that we become his elect All right. well I didn't hear a question I think you was telling me I was no what I was asking uh you were speaking about being the elect is the Jews. How can you uh, look at First uh, Peter, the first chapter, and the first and second verse when it brings out that bringing, uh, being one of the elect is through obedience, through the sprinkling of blood upon any individual soul. In other words, is there a difference in the elect in right. Matthew and in the church? Uh, as, as Brother Reed said, and Brother Norris would say, that's a good question. Uh, I do have another question, uh, uh, maybe a comment. You used in Matthew, the 24th chapter, and around the 39th verse about, as it is in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man come again. All right. Speaking about the church again, uh, that it would be raptured out before tribulations. Could you find two stages of people being saved when Noah entered into the ark? After he entered into the ark, as being a type of the church that is being preached today, was any other souls could you find in verses of scripture that were saved after they entered into the ark? Other than Noah and his family. Right. Uh, no, I couldn't. Could you? Brother Moderator. All right, any? 
like to have uh, one other question. Someone said, any was, was the first one. Now, I didn't say that Noah was the first one. I was, I was using as is Noah being a type of the raptures everybody used. That's what I was using. All right, uh, again, and you use the term in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and the 51st verse. Uh, also, is speaking about, I believe, as the rapture of the church. And I agree with you 100%. You said in the 51st verse of that 15th chapter, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but be, we shall be all changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trump, trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Is that speaking to the church or to the people of tribulations? Well, it would be speculation, but I would say it's talking to the as the uh, rapture itself. It could be the rapture of the church, or it could be uh, the rapture of the church. In my opinion, is when uh, the judgment seat of Christ, where we receive our rewards, and then there will be another rapture of the white throne judgment, where everybody will be judged. Well, I was speaking about in the two terms of, of prior tribulations and after tribulations. That's what I was speaking about, not the white throne. Is This is coming for the church at this point, a verse of scripture of what I'm trying to bring out. Our first speaker here the other night said there were, there could be 14 resurrections. I, I don't know. I... All right. All right, I think you need to consign your, your just questions. Okay, that's what I want to know. Was this speaking about the church here at this point? That uh, at this point, what Paul was trying to bring out to the church at Corinth, he was trying to bring out a, uh, a thought there that we all should not sleep. Well, at this point, there was no such thing as the church when, when Jesus said this. Uh, no, this is in 1 Corinthians. I'm talking chapter. about, oh, in 1 Corinthians? Right. All right, I thought it was in 24th chapter. No, I'm, I'm asking you here about 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians and the 51st verse where Paul said, I show you a mystery. We yes. all shall not sleep. That's the church. All right. Okay, the 20th chapter, to go along with this, the Bible speaks here about the first resurrection. To prove that this was a resurrection, there would have to be, uh, uh, I mean, a catching away. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You're going to say this is a resurrection. But then you say there's going to be a, another resurrection after the great tribulations. You've got to prove that there's two resurrections at this point. A resurrection of the church. Then there's going to be another resurrection after the great tribulations. Yes, sir. It will be a, a resurrection for the church to the judgment seat of Christ where we receive our rewards then the white throne judgment, the final resurrection. Well, what I'm saying though, this is speaking about uh, before great tribulations, you said that the church will be raptured out. My brother, I think we've got a discussion going here, so yeah. please ask the man a question and give him a chance to answer it. I think that's the fair way because a lot of folks would like to have time to make expressions so please oh, okay. ask a question yes sir alright the question is was that true alright have you given him a question he hasn't answered uh, I just asked him uh, there had to be a resurrection at the rapture of the church 
what I'm saying, if the, if the church goes up in the, uh, in the rapture before great tribulations, there's going to be another resurrection, the resurrected Jews. Uh, that's what I'm trying to ask. I'm asking, uh, are there two resurrections of life? Uh, I believe I answered you on that. Uh, I believe there will be a resurrection which will catch the church away. And then there will be a final resurrection which is the uh, white throne judgment. And other than that, I don't understand you. Uh, my moderator may can answer you, uh, Brother McFarlane. I think he has the right to answer. You yes, want to answer, Brother? All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, if I have a right to answer, I would like to make a statement on the elect. There is an elect for each generation or period of time. That means that's the highest at that time. They're the, uh, are the elected. I think that proves today the church is the elect. But when the church is gone, there will be another elect, which will be the Jews. That's right. So I think that's uh, easy to understand. And as far as the resurrections, there will be more than one resurrection caught up to meet the Lord, Revelation 6, 9, 7, 9, and so forth. All right, a question over here. Dale Funderburk from Little Rock. There's been a lot of speculation about the Antichrist, who he'll be, what country he'll be from. You stated that he would be from Israel. I also believe that. I would like to ask you this question. Is there any way in the scriptures you can determine from what tribe of Israel he will come from. That's a good question. I know. Uh, sir? Uh, I believe all I said was he will be a Jew. He will be a Jew. Okay. And that's about question. all I'm going to say. I have one more question. In the 7th chapter of Revelations. Sir. In the 7th chapter of Revelations. Yes. It names tribes of Israel that has a number of people sealed. There is one tribe missing of the tribes of Israel. Could this be any indication? You, could it be what now? Any indication as to what tribe the Antichrist would come from? Which tribe is missing? Dan? Dan. Uh, I, I couldn't answer that. I don't. It'd be speculation, and I just got three more minutes. Take me off. <laughs> He's going to survive. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, a question from over here. Uh, I'm Elizabeth Snyder from Little Rock, and I'd like to ask a question on America. Um, in Ezekiel 38, it's talking about the prophecy of Gog, which uh, Bible scholars refer to as Russia. Verse 13 says, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions. Uh, I've been taught that the young lions refers to the U.S., Australia, and Canada. I'd like to know what you think about that. Uh, well, what you've been told probably is just pure speculation. And uh, 
There's no way that I could uh, determine that that's America. Uh, All right, you make it. No, I believe that is speculation. <laughs> Brother McFarlane and I got two more minutes. <laughs> All right, how about this question from our brother here? <laughs> brother Burton from California. Um, I might want to direct this question to Brother McFarland. Yeah, it suits me fine. <laughs> to conserve time, I only have about a hundred scriptures I need to have answered. Um, question number one. Are all the speakers that have taught or will be teaching in prophecy in this conference of a pre-tribulation persuasion? Number two, is it possible for a qualified minister of post-tribulation persuasion to be given time in this conference to speak on post-tribulation view? Uh, brother, they never asked me what I believed. Brother Urshan didn't talk with me anything about what I believe. In fact, he's never heard me preach till today, and that was was a little embarrassed over that. But uh, and then Brother McFarlane, he'll have to tell you whether y'all can come up here and preach or not. I don't know. Suits me fine. All right. Suits me fine. You could have had my place if you'd have told me that this morning. <laughs> I think in answer to the first question there, we'll have to wait till we hear all of these fellows that are going to speak and uh, decide from that. However, there were several contacted, and uh, up to now, most of them have turned down the invitation. And uh, so I think it would be good at this time, since we've run out of time, to turn this back to the general superintendent and let him explain a little more <laughs> about the... I second that motion, brother. <laughs> it's getting warm. And it's going to get warmer. Well, I'm enjoying it. Uh, we, uh, we did uh, extend invitations to other 